Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Haven't Rolled podcast. My name is Oliver. On this show, Robin and I spoke with Kira. Kira crews for many LARP games, including the Empire LARP system here in the UK. She is part of the skirmish crew at Empire, which means she gets to play the monsters and the barbarians that the players get to fight. It was a really interesting insight to see what it's like on the other side. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you're new here, consider subscribing. If you're listening on your favorite audio platform, consider leaving us a nice review all these things will help us out if you want to get in touch with us the details are down in the description below and with all that out of the way let's get into our conversation with kira right we have kira here with us uh kira how did you uh how did you get into larp that's my first opening question to everyone um so uh, mine's a little bit of a backwards entry, so mm-hmm. I controversially haven't actually ever played a LARP. Nice, nice. Um, so I was doing reenactment before, uh, and I went straight into the Empire Skirmish team, uh, and I now crew two other games on top of Empire as well. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What type of reenactment did you do? Uh, Norman. All right. Okay. Okay. So how how did you how did you it, was it because I know there is a crossover between. LARPers and reenactors was was it the reenacting that got you into LARP? Was there like LARPers that uh, reenactors that were like come come and join LARP? Yeah. So some of the guys that I do reenactment with had previously done LARP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of them had actually done Maelstrom. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think they got into the Empire Skirmish team, and then they were like, "Hey, I've started doing this really really fun thing. Do you want to come and just hit people for fun for a whole weekend?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um, it's it's a little bit more um yeah it's it's a little bit more easier going laugh isn't it compared to the the reenacting where it's where it's like actual metal weapons and things like that right <laughs> i think the the combat itself potentially mm-hmm. um because like you say it's, it's foam not uh metal weapons however obviously the weekend when we do reenactment shows we probably do 20 minutes of fighting two to three times a day yeah when i'm uh, when I'm crewing over Empire, we do hours upon hours over the weekend. So I say the overall intensity is probably much higher at LARP. Yeah, because I, I, I imagine... For us, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine especially if you're doing the crew side, the actual uh, percentage of combat that you do is way higher than uh, a, a player would. I mean, even... I'm just thinking, like, even if you're a player that just goes, oh, all I want to do is just go on every single skirmish... You're probably still not going to do as as much as the as the skirmish crew, right? Yeah. So I think our usual weekend schedule changes depending on which event because of light levels and weather and etc. But we'll do block of three or four Friday evening, and then block of three or four into Friday night. Then obviously we battle Saturday morning, and then an afternoon, an evening, and a night slot on the Saturday, and then obviously the battle on the Sunday. So. Yeah, we can do quick maths. Uh, six, twelve, probably about eighteen skirmishes, and then two battles yeah, every weekend. A buttload. How? Oh, how... You must be absolutely massive <laughs> after doing all of that. <laughs> how? How big is um, like for Empire? How big is the? How like rough numbers wise for personnel? Like how big is the skirmish crew? Uh, so the purely fighting section. Um, which is the skirmish crew, mm-hmm. there's probably 
So we'd like to reach 100, but I think we average around 70, 80. Okay. Okay. That's that's not that's not as big as I as I as I thought. And that is like is that the bulk of the is that the bulk of the crew numbers that then go out to like the monster to, to the the battles as well or is there more crew that join you for for the big battles? So so there's kind of the NPC department is split up into us that are the skirmish crew that do all the fighting mm-hmm. and then the NPC um the purely NPC side of it. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure how many of them that are over there, but there are a lot less of us than than the fighting side. Mm-hmm. They will do all of the sort of recurring NPC roles and anything that sort of goes out into Anvil. Mostly, um, they do occasionally join us, um, and we occasionally join them. So we cross over in the middle. But generally, stuff that goes out into Anvil that's more role play, they'll uh-huh. do. The high oh, combat right. stuff will do. Oh, right. Um, okay, that makes a bit more sense then. But yeah, there are some other members of crew. So for example, I know some of the crew that staff the bar, for mm-hmm. example, might come out and battle with us as well. But yeah, generally, the elite units that go out uh, are made up of about the 70, 80 of us. Yeah, yeah. So it's so uh, yeah, I didn't even know that. So it's so it's two quite separate um groups then like you you call them like the npc group and and the skirmish group which, which makes sense so like if, if you have like so when it comes to like plot and things like that i'm assuming you get like a you'll get like a brief of what you're supposed to be doing but do, do you get as do you get more plot than than we would as players or because there's an npc group do they just come in and be like hey this is your herald that's going with you go fight imperials go or do you have a little bit more knowledge than that <laughs> think it depends what we do so obviously the way it works is obviously there's the plot writers and some of them will write for both sides of things some of them what they're writing will be obviously geared towards combat or geared towards i don't know how to phrase it but the other streams of plot that aren't necessarily fully combat Mm -hmm. um so they'll work with both teams um and like i said we, we do interact so Sometimes if you're coming out to rescue prisoners or something like that, that's not always, but generally tends to be a member of the NPC crew that have come out with us. Right, okay. Um, but equally, we've gone out and done stuff with the NPC crew as well. It just depends on what numbers they need. Like I said, the NPC crew is much, much smaller than we are. Uh-huh. So if they need 30 Jotun to turn up in Anvil, then they look at us and they kind of go, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> could, could you please come and be Jotun with us? <laughs> so I know one of the things that went out this year that you might have seen was the the mage tournament that happened, yeah. I believe, in the Dornish Glory Square. Yeah. Yeah. So that was made up of members of both teams. So there were there were NPC members and skirmish crew members there. All right. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah, because that was the, what, was the Icy Crag or something, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Because that, that's it. When when they when sometimes you get like like heralds and things like that, I always go, okay. Well, is that is that skirmish crew? So that's that. So one question I had for you, like you said, oh yeah, because I'm assuming you get to play like lots of different like Jotun and you get to play everything, right? So if you if someone's going right, I want to join skirmish crew. I'm interested in that type of thing. Does PD? Uh, uh, provide kit and things like that for uh all yeah, the different monsters so, and that? yeah so when you join the skirmish crew the monster tent that we work out of has loads of stuff in it that is just for skirmish crew to use um or npcs if they're coming out with us 
So when I started, I started with a very, very basic base layer. So I had a linen under tunic and some like black leggings and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. basically all I had and some boots. Yeah. Um, so there's sort of different colored tunics to throw on. There's yeah. a little bit of armor. We used to have mail, but we don't anymore because no one was looking after it. So it just turned into rust. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm assuming you have your own leather armor. Yeah. So I'm assuming you have like your own your, your own thing that you'll start building up because, like you say, if, is 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 the whole group a little bit like yourself? Is is there are most of the people skirmishing? like full-time skirmishers at Empire, or do you get people that dip in and out? Yeah, so the skirmish crew at its core is all... When we turn up, we turn up for the whole weekend. Um, Like I said, there's occasionally extras from other bits of crew that don't play, because I think, depending what role and crew you do, for example, the gate crew, they tend to do the gate job and then go and play for the rest of the weekend, because obviously Mm. they're not being given plot they're just standing on the gate i say just we appreciate everything they do (laughs) but in terms of the plot that they're on the gate so they're not getting involved in other bits of the game Mm -hmm. so they can go and play as a character for the whole weekend obviously as an npc or a skirmish crew member you're getting like you said you're getting fed bits of plot that you wouldn't have access to as a player so um you can obviously leave and go and play Mm. um but what they ask is for you not to sort of dip in and out. It's to pick one or the other for a significant period of time. That's fair enough. It's, yeah. Does it become a little bit like a, I know you haven't played, play, but you know that you obviously know the game quite well. Does If, if you're having uh, this, this select amount of people constantly doing the skirmishes, I imagine, do you not get a little bit like your own little nation, like your own little group? in there? Yeah. So I, I think that's one thing about the skirmish team is we, we have as much fun as the players do and it's important that we do otherwise it would be really boring for you lot to go out and face a bunch of miserable monsters um so yeah the the skirmishing for us is is our game it is our weekend so we everything that a player puts into it we would put into it from the opposite side so Mm. aspirational kit and improving role play and all of that the skirmish crew are trying to do every time they turn up yeah yeah so obviously you know are you you were saying about playing um different different monsters different barbarians and things do you have one like that you really prefer to play like do you really like being druze or being yotin is there one that really stands out to you so i think it depends on the scenario um generally i would say i prefer to play druze um, and I've put a lot of effort into my um, mage armor. <laughs> um, so if you've been out and caught sight of a Druge wearing very fluorescent green mage armor at any point, okay, that's me. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver's <laughs> recognizing it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I can send you a picture over afterwards yeah. if you want. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Ben did manage to get really good pictures of me. Mm. Um, so yeah, Dru- Druze are quite fun to play, um, but Yotun can be equally as fun. So, but they're the two I've played, mate. So I joined in 2019. Okay, so yeah. I have oh. played. I've played a little bit of Grendel, but not mm-hmm. loads because obviously the peace treaty came into effect that year. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I think is up soon. So. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm aware, it 
runs out at E4, but needs renegotiating at E2. Yeah. If I can remember the wiki properly. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, w- I wouldn't mind having a little because we've not actually come up against Grendel, have we, Robin? Like like you said, for the reasons you just said, Kira. Yeah, I know. Um, well. <laughs> yeah, but I would I would like to. Thing is, like in character, I I want to k- just keep fighting the Druge. Out of character, I don't want to keep fighting the Druge. <laughs> 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 in character I'm like all the druge must die but it'd be cool to like mix up maybe a little bit <laughs> yeah I mean like I it's weird because I quite like fighting the druge and I think it's because I've gotten to a point now where like I'm I'm so used to fighting them that I'm just like yeah come on then I've got this hatred towards them which is like fueling my character um, I don't know how I'd feel about fighting someone else because I think in character, if Arnel was fighting someone else, she'd be like, I could be killing Druze right now. Why am I even dealing with you? <laughs> Do you ever get to play any of the um like the 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 undead and things like that? Like the uh what are they wraiths and things like that? Is that I haven't personally, but yeah, mm. the skirmish crew will cover like yeah. the the tortured souls and things like that. Yeah. Um, I have played uh, Valorn um, <laughs> f- and some other ghosties. Um, oh. The one I've not done is I've not done any Thule. So obviously, again, okay. the Empire's been at peace with them for quite a long time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There are members of the skirmish team that have been there since the beginning. So they'll have done almost entirely Thule at the beginning. But like I said, I joined in 2019. So, yeah. It's mostly been Jotun and Druze. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Valorn are one that, out of character, quite terrify me. Like, I did, like just because of stories. I've heard about Valorn skirmishes being, like, super deadly. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, Bruh. but yeah. at the same time, this is the thing with, with skirmishes, right? Uh, I'm interested to hear your point of view because everyone, all the players are always like, they're so they're so deadly and a lot of people just won't go on them because the rumor is that they are so deadly yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but you end up missing out on you end up missing out on on aspects of the game because you go oh yeah i don't want to skirmish because i've got shit to do and i could do with being alive to do that shit you know but then you hear stories people come back like, oh god it was this it was that it was terrifying and i'm like oh, i kind of wish i'd Kind of wish I'd gone. Is are they actually as deadly as? Are they actually as deadly? Are you guys briefed to be like, yeah, though this is like try and give them high threat, or is it just you just do what you do and sometimes people die? I think for us, because a lot of the crew have been playing now for a long time, and we play as these every event. They are like our characters. Yeah. So we can drop into the different nations so obviously if we get told to go out and be druge we can sort of switch into what we feel the druge would act like equally if we then switch over to doing you and stuff it will be a different style of fighting Mm. so i think we try really hard to give the players the flavor of what they're going out there to face yeah so you it's not the same thing all the time it is definitely flavored to the briefs that are written for each of the individual nations. Yeah, yeah, because I, I definitely appreciated that. But that I think I think there was a there was a little bit of issue at E four when we fought the Druze on the Sunday battle because like I'd skirmished against the Druze and like you said the Druze brief 
the monsters that I was fighting in that one we did at E2, Robin, uh, where we were fighting the Druze that, like, the, the Druze were acting, like, the, the skirmish crew were acting on the brief of the Druze. They, they, sur- they surrounded us, and then they realized they were, like, one-on-one with Dornish Knights. And then they went, we've got the surrounded. And then we were like, now what? And they were like, run away, you know? And they were, <laughs> so that, it got in your head, oh, the, you know, this is what Druze do. They, you know, they like to run, they like to run. Don't, don't follow them, in, but don't follow them into into areas if they if they're, they won't yeah they, they'll, they'll taunt but they won't fight you one-on-one but then i think there was a little bit of like it was a little bit jarring on the sunday because the the obviously the the player base who were monstering weren't as maybe as like oh as you guys over in the skirmish crew of what how druge act do you ever find that if you're like monstering you, that you're like oh yeah the, now the players are playing the druge maybe it's not how we would play it i think one thing is that the Druze are, what well, I would say is the Druze are harder to portray in a big battle mm-hmm. because because the site's so small and the battles have got to such a large site now mm-hmm. that it's difficult to put that kind of flavour in yeah. all the time. Yeah. However, the other thing I would say is if you read the wiki about mm-hmm. that Sunday battle at E4, mm-hmm. um, you were facing a surrounded force. Mm-hmm. So as of the Winds of War, the Druze armies in that area had been completely surrounded. So yeah. Yeah, they sometimes were... there are bits of flavor, obviously, that the crew are given that the yeah. players might not yeah, necessarily got... have. Yeah, you've got to have yeah. it. You've got to have it. You've got to have it make sense, I guess. But that's what I mean. And there's not really, there's not really a lot of time to brief the players either. Like we've played, like we've, We've monsters, uh, Jotun and Yagara, like every single yeah. event we've done. Um, yeah. And the the the, <laughs> the brief is very br- like it's brief. The brief is brief, you know. And you <laughs> you go in there, so it's like right, it's Jotun. You know, they don't they like this, they don't like this. Right, go fight, you know. So it's you, yeah, you you can't. Ex- is is a tip I give people. I think it's way more fun if you monster, if you're a player and you're monstering to monster to the brief because it's 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 way more interesting than just going in suicidal you know and i'm sad yeah, like so... my yugara's oh. died now <laughs> <laughs> i got attached to her over the first few events i was just monstering at her <laughs> yeah so one thing i will say is obviously when and this might be why people uh have the sort of ideas and the rumors behind it but obviously when you go on a skirmish it is the skirmish team Mm-hmm. as a unit that you're facing yeah when you come out to battle what happens is the 70 odd of the skirmish team will be split up and if there is an elite force on the battlefield we'll be put into that and then the rest of us will be split up to be unit commanders area commanders runners and things like that so yeah. we don't actually fight necessarily as a unit on a battle so that might be one of the things that makes it feel a little bit different to battle or to skirmish because when you when you skirmish you're facing a cohesive unit um it would be similar if we took everyone in dawn and split them into twos and sent them off with a group of random players sometimes um, that happens on the battlefield changed. by the way with dawn yeah. specifically Some, <laughs> sometimes you'll see just one dawnish person like just leading especially on that sunday battle when we had seven nations there was times where it was just like a load, there was just like two or three dawnish people and a load of other people 
<laughs> following them. <laughs> but it, adopted these people. Obviously, <laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah, though. Yeah. it changes how you mm. how you act because you're like, I don't know these people. I don't know how they fight. Yeah, let's just make the best of it. Yeah. yeah. Is there any? Is there ever any like? Uh, there must be a little bit of competitiveness as well with the players. Like there must be a little bit of oh yeah, we got them there, you know. <laughs> See, I don't know because I, I've not been a unit commander in mm. um, a battle, so I don't tend to take the, I don't tend to lead the players in. So mm. I tend to stick with um, skirmish team and other roles. Yeah, so. no, I mean, I mean, like in the skirmishes, do you, like because obviously, like you said, you're a cohesive unit, you know. Yeah. So do you, uh, there must there must be a little bit of competitiveness when you get a load of rowdy players coming through that gate, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so like I said, we, as a majority, we do tend to play. So the barbarians are us playing. Yeah. So we can get just as invested in the barbarians as you guys do mm. into your characters. Especially if you've got a plan. Because you want to like execute that plan, right? You would go, <laughs> if you're being told, yeah, the, the Imperials are coming, but what they don't know is we have this, this, and this, or this this Valorne's going to pop up and it's going to surprise them. And I, I imagine, because it's only, it can only be like human nature, you know, or orc nature, you know, like to, to like be like, to be like, yeah, we have this plan. We want to like execute the plan, you know? So it's all well and good letting the, letting the Imperials be heroes, but, you know, we're, <laughs> I imagine you get caught up in it, right? I think that's the line as crew that we try and stick to is that we want to be competitive, mm -hmm. but we obviously also are there so that you lot have fun yeah. and you have yeah. an enemy. Yeah. So it, it's a line that, which is why going back to one of the earlier points that no, we're not there just to kill all of the characters because yeah. that wouldn't be very fun for you. Um, but obviously if there's an opportunity and you've, made an in-character mistake then yeah, yeah. <laughs> the enemy is going to take advantage of that oh that's that's really good to hear actually i mean like we have only done two skirmishes so far and the most recent one we did was terrifying i mean i think it's the first time that i felt real genuine fear <laughs> because it was at night. It was the, the last skirmish. At, was it the last one at E4? Or the I think there might have been one after it. Or was it? No, yeah. I mean, it I think was, it was the last it one. Was it was the, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, it was the uh, Winter Herald of Agrament one. Uh, that was the, so it was on the Friday night. Yeah, it was, that was our first night skirmish um, we've ever done. And I don't know how you as a, you as a crew, like, do those, like, nighttime skirmishes like one after the other because that is exhausting and terrifying <laughs> it must be as exhausting for for the skirmish crew right yeah so i think obviously we get to know the area a little bit better so it's probably slightly less ter terrifying for us because we know where things are we've had chance to go out and see where things are positioned sometimes not all the time um but generally um so yeah it's not it's probably not quite as terrifying but yeah it is it is interesting fighting in the dark and the e4 is usually the worst for it so it's usually the darkest at e4 uh, yeah yeah because it's it can be i mean it's say like what did you ever have like safety concerns and things like that when you're fighting in the in the dark a lot in those trees <laughs> you're constantly out there yeah so what you'll usually notice is that the plot writers and the 
guys that organize the time scale the timings of everything mm. are very conscious of that so if we're doing some stuff in the woods that will generally be the late evening slot not the sort of night slot yeah so that'll be sort of the six seven eight six seven o'clock slot and then your eight nine o'clock stuff will happen out in the open where it's likely to be lighter yeah um the only time time that might be taken into consideration on any other way is if it's obviously pouring it down with rain yeah. they might opt to do some stuff in the cops rather than in the open but yeah. yeah they they do take all of the light and weather considerations into how they plan the timetable yeah yeah i used to mention weather and if the weather's really bad they they change it a lot but if it's if it's spitting of rain there's one thing there's one luxury i guess you as a skirmish crew don't get that the players get is that we can just be like <laughs> Nah, I can't be asked going on that skirmish, but I guess it's you have, yeah, I guess <laughs> you I guess you have to do the thing, right? <laughs> yeah, the, there have been times where um we've been stood in the woods or in the field or wherever and it's pouring with rain and we're stood there and we're stood there and then the refs get the call to say, Nope, no one's coming. Um but the thing <laughs> for us is we tend to go out the way our timetable works is we tend to go out in blocks of three or four. Mm-hmm. So if we're going out for a Jotun skirmish, mm-hmm. we're likely to be going out for three Jotun skirmishes in a row. So if the players call off the first one, we still have to stay there to see if they turn up for the second or the third one. Oh, really? Uh... Yeah. So the the skirmishes are usually for the players, they're usually timetabled for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you ever have a look into the times timetable, uh-huh. you'll notice that they'll run back to back of the same thing, but for different it's different plot, but it'll be the same nation if that makes sense. So oh, right. okay. you'll have yeah. one one set of Jotun skirmish going somewhere and then you'll go through the gates and do a different Jotun skirmish. But obviously it's the same crew. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, it's the um, same. It's like we're we're just different druids, you know. But it's the same. Like yeah, say, so same in, in character, that's an entirely different yeah. set of barbarians, but they're the same crew. So if if the players cancel the first or the second one, we still have to wait out there to see if they turn up to the later one. See if they turn up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, which do you, do you do you folks like camp? Um, do you have a Where's your like base then? Like for most of the most of the weekend where you get ready in that. Is that So do you know as you come through the battle prep where all the armor's laid out yes. when you come through to yeah. battle? Mm-hmm. So there's the massive marquee off to the left of that. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So that's the monster tent. So that's where all of uh... our communal kit lives. So mm-hmm. stuff that's owned by PD, like the weapons and the armor. Yeah. That all lives in there. And then that section behind that marquee is all camp, uh, sort of camping. Uh-huh. So out of character style camping, which is where we'll all stay. And then you just you just hang out, hang out there. And I'm assuming you, <laughs> excuse me. And then I'm assuming you kind of have to, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you have to like distance yourself from the players enough, don't you? Because you can't really like. So we do get uh, what's called R and R characters. Mm-hmm. So after we've finished with the skirmishes for the day, which tends to be about half ten, uh-huh. eleven at night. We can go out into Anvil and play as a oh, character. That's cool. Um, so obviously, there's certain things we can't do. So we can't be like, can't take military uh, units or yeah. fleets or things like that. Anything yeah. we can't do anything that'll influence the game, particularly with any of the background knowledge. Yeah. But in terms of going out and going on a pub crawl or doing some sort of 
role minor role play stuff we, oh, we can cool. go out and do that yeah yeah that's really cool i didn't i didn't even realize that but i guess that makes sense because otherwise you're finished all your skirmishing and then you're just like hmm well, wish i could I th- go for a pub <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought i thought like oh yeah you've done all your stuff and then you're like oh if and then there's like parties going on in the field <laughs> over there it would suck if you couldn't head over there yeah so we all still have characters on the system um my character is a marcher mm-hmm. um, and we can still have businesses and mana sites and stuff like that to get mm-hmm. money from PD. So yeah, we can still come out and do stuff in Anvil. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I had no idea about that, but I guess, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense actually. Um, do you find that, you know, cause like you said, there's only, you know, that 70 of you um, on the, the skirmish crew. Do you find that a lot of your characters a lot of your actual game do you spend that together as well do you have that sort of interaction or is it quite separate from your skirmish crew uh i think there are definitely groups that sit together and groups that sort of split off so i know a lot of the skirmish crew have friends that are players so obviously they'll tend to just go out and find their friends yeah. um one thing a lot of them find is particularly on events where the weather's bad is they'll get there at 11 and they'll be like yeah they've all gone to bed because it's raining oh (laughs) (laughs) um but for us because i go with there's quite a lot of us from the reenactment group that go we tend to all go out together at least to start with and then we might sort of splinter off as we wander through that's really cool nice um the so one thing that I want to know about, and I've seen a lot of photographs of all these different, like, unique monsters and everything. Um, like, so, some of them look incredible. Like, the, I can't remember what it was called, but the one that was on the spring one last year, the the huge, big, big monster. Big bug thing. With the yeah, spring the bug yeah. thing. So, yeah, have you um, been able to interact much with these sort of big monsters? Have you ever gotten to, you know... Um, be part of the the crew inside any of these before uh so i've not got to be the crew for a monster as such um i've been out in the the grass suit so you probably i don't know if you ran into the little marshlings (laughs) i wasn't one and for that battle but i have been one previously so i've been out in the the ghillie studios um and then i've been out with but not part of the uh land sharks that the gradle used to take out so i have seen them on the field <laughs> yeah, the um sharks. i've heard about these <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know everyone likes to talk about these land sharks they they sound terrifying they're big <laughs> they are like as much as you talk about them i think particularly from obviously the, the player side if you are just kind of coming on to battle I can't imagine what it's like for you to sort of stand there and them come through because um, the battle I went out with them, we had a lot of smoke machines and stuff. So it was very, we'd made it very misty. So obviously they were coming down the field through the fog as well. So it it must have looked incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they definitely need, they definitely, I know because there's, there's, there's a minimal, uh, there's minimal like filming and and even photography. I know there's lots of people taking photographs, but there's actually minimal photography of uh, like the the monsters and the skirmish crew and things like that. And I think if uh, I mean to, to, just to, just to sell, I know Empire's doing quite well now, but like just just to sell uh, the, the experience, 
I would love to see more footage of monsters, like you say, like monsters like coming out and the and the the Jotun or the Druge lines just coming out with the monsters because that is something that from our side we haven't really fought any big monsters, have we? Like we fought like the we fought that he- like the Winter Herald and things like that. Uh, the endless and, stalker. Yeah, the endless stalker. The yeah, big nails. <laughs> the big nails. Yeah, so I think at the moment because it's Druid and Grendel and they're not massively well known for large creatures mm-hmm. um, they tend towards like you said the heralds and things like that so yeah. I think until until you, the Grendel or the Thor come back into play I think it's the big big monsters are probably going to stay off the field yeah. um, have been out it was E4 of 2019 so the last event before uh, Covid yeah. um, mm-hmm. There are some really, really good pictures of the ice giants that went out. Um, so I think one thing, I know you had um, Agent Ben Smith on mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Yeah. Um, one thing he does really, really well is he started trying to take more photos of the crew, yeah. um, which obviously we appreciate. But I think, like you said, it's good to be able to get that side of the, f- the that sort of footage out there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the sort of the closest i've got to it's not a monster as such um but i don't know how much of the storyline because you'll have monstered them but uh, i have played isa winterborn okay to see it's one of the yotun yagara uh warband leaders that okay. went out e3 and e4 okay okay um so you'll have been on the field with us yeah 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 we yeah we've we yeah we've done Yotun Yugara every single every single event. Yeah, so, so yeah. this is actually her banner behind me. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask about the banner because I'm like, like staring at this banner <laughs> and I'm like, so what's this from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well that's really cool because that I, I guess if you're um if you're not going out as a unit, um as a skirmish crew in the battles but that, that's really good because it kind of mixes it up for you doesn't it like it means that you're yeah you're fighting in these small elite units in usually in in the skirmishes but then you, in the bigger battles you're like oh this this is where i get to like do a bit of leading or a bit of running or something like that it kind of it, it changes it up for you doesn't it a bit yeah and there's usually slightly different stuff so any of the elite sort of heralds monsters that's all all usually played by skirmish yeah. crew so yeah. yeah um i think i know even the i can't remember which event it was but there was some heralds actually sent out to the players side mm. that you had to bring onto the battlefield uh they were also skirmish crew members oh really oh, okay nice. yeah. oh that's that's well that it makes sense i guess makes sense yeah, who, yeah, who, who's, yeah, who's Herald? Was it Jaharis's Heralds or something like that? We I can't from? remember. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not like I, I, I rely so much on other players to feed me plot. It's unreal. Like, uh, <laughs> one of the Phil who plays one of the, um, the Dornish generals, he like did an amazing thing this this morning on YouTube. He like did like a five minute rundown. Of the of the winds of war, basically, just be like, yeah, okay, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, and that's kind of it. And I'm like, oh, th- th- thank you, because because <laughs> there's so much that goes on, right? So I'd say we've got similar sort of mirror images in, in the skirmish crew. So 
there are some of us that will go and read every single bit of Winds of War, Winds of Fortune, to know what's happening in the wider story. And then there are others that will just turn up and be like, so tell me, tell me what's happened, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Bullet point why I'm here and what's happening. <laughs> but to be honest, sometimes I try, this thing is it like, I try a, a, a quite a bit now. I'm like, I'll try and get into the plot and I'm still, I still, I'm like, right, okay, I, I think I know what's going on now. And I still get like completely left behind with some conversations that people have and they're just like, oh, this, this, and this, the other, and this nation's doing that, that nation's doing that, the Jotun are doing this, and the Druids are doing that. I'm like, I don't know, just point me at the enemy. I, don't... <laughs> I think that's one of the, the really incredible things about Empire is mm. that there is so much plot running over each other all the time yeah and some of it's years long so there'll be bits that'll be threads of plot that some players have been chasing for years yeah. um so I, th I think yeah you, you're never gonna as a player as a character you're never gonna know all of the plot i think yeah so. you know what i was thinking about this the other day like the the, the wiki because like you go right i'm gonna try and figure out what's going on but it's like it, it's like picking up and going right i'm gonna get into the Justice League comics or something, and you go up and you pick up an issue and you have no idea. And it's like, oh, well, to understand that, you need to have read, like, uh, Young Justice, uh, issue this to this. And to understand this reference, you're going to have to read Aquaman. And to get this reference, you get... that's what it feels like. It feels like you, you go in, you read, like, one thing of the Winds of War, and you're just like, okay, well, to understand this, I'm going to have to try, try and figure out the history here or who this is or what that is. So... I wouldn't like there's a lot I think there's a lot of us out there that feel the same so I think uh, the yeah, best thing to I, do is just you know that sort of information but it's okay not to know it all I think <laughs> Yeah and it's exactly the same on the crew side so yeah. there are some crew members that have been um on the crew since sort of, sort of year 1 that will know a lot of the background plot and what's happened yeah. obviously the newer crew members will be like well, I know what they've done in the last year, uh -huh. but <laughs> haven't gone and obviously looked at anything prior to that. Yeah, so yeah, that that like makes sense. I mean, I think I, I, I'm a little bit um, envious almost of the, the the kids having the academy because I'm like, you're literally learning everything, and it got to a point where because I I struggle reading through the wiki, and I. I I've tr I could probably try harder, but I have tried <laughs> reading through it. And it got to, there was something about Eternals and I wasn't understanding or grasping it. And I think it was E3. I sat down with one of the kids who I knew was really into Eternals. And I was like, I need you to explain everything to me. Their explanation was perfect. I was like, right, now I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing you you, you need to, yeah well, you, you need to it, it's it's totally fine not to know anything and we've said that so many times like you don't have to know anything but like i think robin and i are like getting into the stage where we kind of for what we're doing in the field we kind of need to know some stuff like if we go right i'm going for this hat i better actually know what what is going on <laughs> otherwise people aren't going to listen study to me. now <laughs> and i and it's exactly the same. Like I said, I keep saying it's the, the skirmish team is basically a mirror of everything that happens in the field. So yeah. again, there'll be some of us that are like, right, I, I want to, I need to understand more of what's going on mm -hmm. because I've been given this specific NPC role or I'm just more interested in it. I want to be able to role play what we're doing better. And then there are others that are like, just tell me what I'm doing and point me in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but just going back to a point Robin uh, said, I have actually fought some of the Academy children 
and they are vicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I've heard like little snippets of this, but I've not actually spoken to anyone who's experienced it. So yeah, yeah. so when when the Academy go out through the gate on their little trips, that is also skirmish teams. So they're adorable. going to go and beat up. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. Not all 70 of us, but a small portion of us. Yeah, that, yeah, that's who they get to go and beat up. Yeah. I literally said the other day when we were speaking to someone, I was like, I feel really sorry for the barbarians when I see the kids heading out because I'm like, oh, those poor barbarians. <laughs> it's like the perfect field trip for kids, though, isn't it? Going through a magical gate and fighting a monster. That's like, it's. I would have loved to have done that as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I take it the kids so um yeah so the kids that are leaving like the academy to come out and fight are those kids over a certain age or is it do they all get to have a go at doing that I don't know how it works on the actual academy side but I have seen some pretty small children out uh I think and there are probably people out there correct me, correct me if I'm wrong but I think there are certain age children that are allowed to go out on the battlefield with the adults sort of on their own mm-hmm. uh-huh. um but when they take groups of the academy out as the academy they i think some of them can be quite young yeah yeah so, i don't Isn't... know how i've not, not not like not like toddler aged but no like, yeah. I think it's sort of 10, 10 year olds out there sort of thing so. no, I... what, what are they like for pulling their bones <laughs> and things uh so i've not fought them a massive number of times but I think they're pretty good to be fair they're, they're, some of them are even better than the adults it they're is pr- what I was they're just doing. about to say that I was just yeah. about to say I bet, I bet it's, yeah because I, I bet there's some that's the thing I, I, I guess with them um, because you're doing it all the time I imagine you are up against you know well you, you definitely are up against players that it might be their first ever time using a LARP and it's difficult for it's difficult for PD I guess because you've, you've got a massive festival LARP and you know you can just buy a ticket buy a foam weapon and then just run through that gate and just be like oh yeah i'm fighting now so i imagine you do get a few dodgy blows on you (laughs) right yeah i think we get every end of the spectrum so we have some people that are playing up the hero fighting to the absolute max and Mm. making it look really really cool but only landing one blow uh and then you have those that like you said have just rocked up bought a ticket and they've never fought before um but again it's it's all about people learning and yeah provided people aren't being completely unsafe then we try to just sort of i don't want to say match them because that sounds really bad but sort of a lot of us have learned to take take the purse the player's energy on so if you some of us if we can tell someone's very nervous and very new then we'll not necessarily let them win as such but we'll sort of match them and not just sort of completely roll over people so that's good that makes like a lot of sense hearing that because i mean my first experience in the battlefield i was right at the front we were running out and it would have been um like the people that we were facing were the ones that were already out there waiting for us i remember running up to this person and they um they had like a shield and things and i was like okay i'm gonna do this and i must have looked terrified and i'm pretty sure they could have killed me at any point (laughs) but they were just doing this thing where they were like okay come on in come on and they were just really really just tiny little bits and i remember coming away feeling really positive thinking 
oh yeah, I survived, but also I'm so glad that person realized that I was brand new and just let me have a bit of fun while also feeling a bit of danger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I said, we're out there to have fun ourselves, but if you're not having fun, then we're not going to be there. So it, yeah. again, it's that fine line between making sure we're role-playing correctly, having fun ourselves, and then making fun for, for players as well. Yeah. Have you, have, yeah. You got, have you got any like any like highlight stories from skirmishes or anything? Is there, has there been any any times where players have just done the weirdest things or like as as imperials or something? Have they have they come through the gate and you're just like, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's been some moments um, when so we'll before we go out for a skirmish we'll get a small brief from the plot writer mm -hmm. and it'll be okay this is where you are this is who you are this is what you're doing um this is what we expect the imperials to do or <laughs> sort of this is what we've told them their objective is um and so there's been a couple of occasions where we've been told that their players coming to meet us are going to try and do something stealthily um, uh -huh. <laughs> and then not to call them out or anything but then it tends to be an entire group of brass coasts that turn up oh of course yeah <laughs> of course it is yeah <laughs> Leroy um, Jenkins they're running yeah. with the bells on ding, um, ding. <laughs> <laughs> hear them coming a mile away um other than that, there have been a couple of moments where the players have come on very, very clearly underpowered for the skirmish numbers. Mm. And they'll have won. Um, there's been a couple of occasions where they've sort of, a handful of people have wandered onto the field, looked up the field, and gone, nah. <laughs> yeah, go. I was just, I was going to ask you that after this. Actually. I was going to say, have there ever has any cause group just come on and just been like, nope, and just turned around and left? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it, it tends to happen when they either come on and find something they're not expecting mm. or if they've come deliberately come through under the numbers yeah um which doesn't happen very often um particularly now i think over the last year um again not being on the player side but from what i've heard it's it's actually the opposite there's there's generally people queuing up and can't get in yeah um, yeah yeah but pre-covid there were a number of times where the the numbers that wanted to go weren't at the number that had been specified so they thought well we'll, we'll go out and give it a try anyway and then they walk out and they're like there's 20 of us and there's clearly at least 50 of them so i don't like this yeah well yeah we had that we uh, i feel like that changed even in the time we've been doing like the start of yeah. last year because I remember E1 and E2, E1 especially, because maybe because it was like the first time back. But yeah, E1 and E2, there were people like coming around being like, oh, you, we need numbers for the skirmish. And then there was like one or two occasions where people came around to like the glory score and was like, oh, we desperately need more people, desperately need more people. Yeah. And yeah, E3 and 4, it just wasn't a thing. It was the opposite. Every time we went to a skirmish, there was like people just being turned away. Um, to the point where you were walking up because you were going to be on the skirmish and it was already organized that you were on and people were just like trying to tell you, they're like, oh, skirmish is full. And we're like, oh, yeah, we know because we're, we're, go we're going <laughs> on it, you know? Yeah, because I remember like that well, that night one that we did, um, 
my, my my character needed to go on that skirmish so um we were on this this list of people who were going to be going on and yeah like like Oliver just said you know we got there and then there was lots of people being turned away lots of people saying no no it's full and the person who was you know leading it was going around counting and checking on the list and everything and even then we there was just so many people crowded around just trying to get through um because I think we needed like 50 people I think yeah, what what is the actual Kira? What what are the actual number supposed to be for the players? Is it is it d- dependent on the skirmish, or is there an actual number that has to be? Yeah, so it depends on what the plot writers have written. So basically, what will happen is the skirmish crew that turns up, the sort of seventy eighty of us. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll get split. A small group will get split off. So fifteen to twenty might get split off, and they'll actually run to different skirmishes at the same time. So that's why you might see the numbers change. So sometimes you'll be asked for 100 and sometimes you'll only be asked for 60. Yeah. And that's usually because there are less of us available at that time. Yeah. Um, so it's, but yeah, so it's I a balanced it's, thing, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's not something that we as skirmish crew get any say in. So the, yeah. the plot writers and the skirmish crew leaders will sort of sort all of that out in advance. Yeah. yeah. Um. It might change at the event, for example, if suddenly 20 other skirmish crew can't come because they've got COVID or, or whatever other emergency, yeah. then obviously the numbers will get adjusted on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, generally we don't have any sort of factor in that. Yeah. That's all sorted out behind the scenes. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point to raise then. What, so what is the... Uh, yeah, what's the state of the skirmish crew is in like for your numbers and the need for skirmish crew is, is there so if people were like interested in doing skirmish crew is there a need for skirmish crew or is that is do you get more than enough or so i believe at the moment that you can apply um Again, I'll have to find the exact number, but it's basically yeah. Andy Connell's PD account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can apply through that. Um, basically, the way it works is they will keep, I don't know the exact numbers, but for example, they'll keep 150 on the books, expecting 80 of them to turn up. Okay. So the skirmish crew, as far as I'm aware, can ha- take up to 100 at an event. Mm-hmm. I think we got closest at the last event. We had 90-ish of us there. Okay. Um, and then obviously PDR assessing as the player base grows, they will eventually have to grow the skirmish crew. Um, but it's all about balancing size of the site, size of the crew area, uh, costs, because obviously they are feeding us for the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's balancing all that to make sure that what we can do is appropriate for what the player base needs, mm-hmm. but they can also obviously afford to do it and how to do it. Yeah, because yeah, because that's that's a when you when you're saying like yeah, eighty to one hundred and fifty, that's a tiny fraction of the player base, which is at, like people are saying like two and a half, three thousand people like players you know and it's like that's that's a very small fraction and you've got to keep i know a lot obviously not everyone goes and skirmishes but you know you're there literally for those thousands of players and there's not many of you you know yeah again i can't speak for what matt has in store but Mm. uh very small things at once so they'll take a portion of the skirmish crew and a large 
high combat scenarios goes out mm-hmm. and then there'll be smaller groups that go off to do smaller skirmishes or even plot based stuff as well so um at the moment they have spaces that they can run particularly if we get put into an encounter tent to do anything they have spaces where they can run two sometimes even three things out at once mm-hmm. obviously pd are looking for their own site comes down to obviously the the availability of crew and space and money yeah. terrifying <laughs> what is with the teeth oh come on is that an animal's <laughs> is that part of an animal's skull around your mouth <laughs> Uh, it is the depiction of yeah. It's actually a latex mask. So I'm in that picture. I'm wearing a latex mask with a latex mask on top, <laughs> <laughs> and the headpiece, which is foam. That's... Oh man! So you, we, we, we're 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 just we're just on a break, but that, that's an interesting topic to talk about. Actually, is uh, yeah, it's it's. Do you ever like get get like really overheated, like constantly changing in and out of uh, monster kit all the time? Because <laughs> I know the Imperial Orcs have a hard time. Yeah, so we, like I said, we tend to do blocks of three or four back to back skirmishes. So we'll be out for like an hour and a half at a time. Yeah. Um, then we tend to come back and have a little bit of a break. So most of us will strip off down to base layers mm-hmm. for the interim and then put kit back on yeah. uh, especially if we're going out obviously it's different uh, barbarian nations for each block um but yeah i think the jotun in terms of kit the jotun are definitely one of the warmer because obviously we like to put a lot of the furs on um and stuff like that so it do, can get quite warm yeah because do, do you do you guys feel like you're like a little bit of the kit standard as well as in like from a brief perspective because obviously you are like embodying the the Jotun you know that's the experience of the Jotun people are going to have you know yeah so we we have pretty much the same aspirational kit sort of standards as players so mm-hmm. when you first turn up the kit in the in the monster tent is things like colored tunics to throw on on top of your base layers uh, and very basic kit that's appropriate and then there are a lot of the skirmish team that then add on to that on top. Yeah. Um, so I've just sent some pictures over to Robin of my um, Druze Mage armor. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's incredible. I'm literally looking at it right now. The the detail, <laughs> like I keep looking, I'm like seeing more detail on it and everything. It's the, it looks absolutely incredible. And you were obviously just saying um there just um during the break about the um the latex sort of animal mask and things that you've got on there. That is amazing like what what was the thought behind this kit you know behind when it came to adding these things on what was inspiring that uh so i i've read most of the briefs that are on the wiki so the look and feel briefs and the background briefs for the nations Mm -hmm. and it's just playing around with what you're given on there so similar to how you probably did your characters you read the bruin okay, well, we can add this in and this in, and this will look really cool with that theme. Um, we do exactly the same. So um, that's a Druze Fakari mage. Um, so one of the things they like is um, a lot of their magic. They like runes and bone magic and things like that. And I think the Druze will just like to look like it. So I was very much playing off, off of that. 
yeah how can i make this even more terrifying yeah the runes the runes just look brilliant on her and everything it's just it's um yeah um oh i'm only just i literally just moved my eyes over to your to your your staff there as well <laughs> uh stuff is actually one of the pdfs that's they have like i said they have a bulk of weapons that they lend out to the skirmish crew for us to take out with us because obviously different briefs will have different loadouts and it's they can't expect people to have 27 different weapons so they'll have piles of axes mage staffs things like that so that we uh, a lot of us have some of our own weapons but yeah. obviously not for everything and if they want to put these units on the field very much to the brief that they've come up with then they provide stuff towards that brief as well yeah, I mean, I, I assume at this point you have probably had experience with quite a lot of different different weapons. Um, do you have um, do, do you have sort of go tos as your um, different different barbarian characters? You have um, favorite weapons. Yeah, so my go to up until this year was always ambidextrous with two axes. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty much always. <laughs> um, pretty much always took ambi i'm not a fan of to say so having done reenactment and used a strapped wooden shield i just can't get on with punch grips and mm. a lot of the shields we use for the briefs that we play would be difficult to do anything but a punch grip with okay. um so i tend to go ambi and then I've done a lot with the mage this year, so I've used the mage staff quite a lot. That's the the two-handed mage staff. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, no, I um, I I, I fight Ambi as well. I, I like Ambi. It's yeah. the best. But I've not tried. Like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen um different barbarians with like the two axes and things. I'm like, that's terrifying. I want to try some new Ambi combinations. I think um. I want to try a flail and a sword next year as yeah. a monster because I think it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I think sword sword in one hand and axe in the other is quite a common combination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I tend to do two axes, um, but I've, yeah, I've seen all sorts of loadouts, two swords, all sorts. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's funny what you're saying with the um, the punch grip. So so the the, the shield that uh, I made had a punch grip literally because like I don't have any um like reenactment experience or anything like that so i came in and i literally just like asked like i want to do sword and shield and people just like recommended punch grip literally because they're like oh yeah because you, you know you can uh cover you people next to you and you can do this you can move it around you can kind of drop it and things like that but after fighting for a year with the punch grip i'm now like i think i want to make one that straps to my arm that's more of a more of a heater shield that's not like huge yeah. because that thing is like it's almost cheating this thing right so uh, and i just I, this why i made it those specifications you know but the way i found that i'm fighting i'm not like in a shield wall a lot i'm like running around yeah. a lot which isn't great having the this punch because it's like it's like it's like carrying like an umbrella that's like fully open sometimes. So you're running around with it and it's just like in the way and it's like catching the wind and people like walk <laughs> by you and like ping, like they ping off it, you know, and you're like, Ugh. yeah. So I can see what you mean. But it's, it's, I don't know yeah, whether they've gone. Sorry. I was just going to say, I definitely think if you're looking at making a shield to look up the way 
they are strapped historically. So it, I think it'll definitely be more comfortable. Yeah, because because some ones I've seen made, even even the like the, the I don't know what you, I, I, they're almost strapped, aren't they? So you, it's like it's, yeah, you, like you put your arm through and they strap, but it's like mm. it's it's straight across. Whereas like if you look at the way a lot of shields are was was strapped on for real you'll be able to tell me this they're like at an angle aren't yeah. they they're like up so yeah it sits diagonally across yeah your arm. so i've i've got a shield that's similar to yours uh-huh. um but that's strapped straight across and i, I don't like that either it's no. better than a punch grip but it's not yeah yeah because the strap across you like you you have to do this to have it in front of you you know whereas yeah. I, I think if it's on i think maybe it's because it's just easier to make that out of foam because if it's straight across then you've actually got a brace because that's the ideal thing about the punch grip and these is like you brace the foam with it so because you make a little archway so the foam doesn't do this but i, I guess if you've got yeah. it on an angle it's it's more difficult i'll, I'll figure out i'll figure out i'll try and figure out yeah. how to do it <laughs> but then i think um the barbarian nations that we play they tend to have round shields yeah. um which is even harder to put the arm strap onto particularly for some of the sizes of the the smaller round shields so yeah yeah i mean it, it's it totally it totally sounds like uh, i know that you said oh yeah like pd you have to they, they do need to give you some stuff because they can't expect you to like have all of this kit but it does very much sound like like being part of skirmish crew is like playing its own special little game because when it comes to like crew for other larp systems and even when people have talked about crewing for like empire uh, coming into LARP, people go, oh yeah, crew, and there's this thought of like, oh yeah, people crew if they don't, you know, if they, one, like, can't afford to play the game, so they go, oh, crew, but it doesn't sound like that at all, it sounds like it's its own thing where you get to, yeah, have all these, have several characters, you know, the <laughs> one in each, each barbarian nation, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that gets quite difficult, because obviously as a as a player, ideally you're going to have one character and you're going to put a lot of your time and effort into the kit for that character, are any accidents on the field. Um, but as crew, whilst we're getting our kit together, yeah, we've got, so I've got probably four specific kits now for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows you to get a little bit more creative in terms of I want to try all these different things and I want to make all these different things, but yeah, it, it's not, again, it's one of those things, it's not a requirement to do, but a lot of people find themselves doing it because it's fun and they want to make it look yeah. really cool. Yeah, so it's, it's very much a, yeah, it's very much its own its own little game, you know? <laughs> even though you are, even though you are crewing, it's not as if it's like, oh yeah, well, we can't afford to play the game, so we'll, we'll just have to like come along and help out. It sounds very much like a, you are definitely LARPing, you know, you're definitely it- going in there and doing it. Yeah, I, th- I think, like I said, when I first turned up, I turned up with an under tunic in very normal colour, like very neutral colour, uh, some art character style base layers, like leggings and long sleeve t-shirts and a pair of boots and, a, and then your tent kit. So it's one of those things that I went in at very, very entry level. And then when I decided it was definitely for me, then I started obviously getting the kit together. So it's a very similar to a brand new player coming in with sort of basic kit that they can yeah. theme towards their nation and then building on top of it. Um, and there are some some members of the commission that don't, 
build on their kit and, and that's totally fine as well yeah. because like I said P do provide kit for us to wear. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I say that the, the proportion of us that at least add things on top as accessories is definitely probably higher than those don't so yeah it's like almost the whole um obviously when you go to the the wiki and you go to like the website and it's character creation it's like you know you you have to play an imperial and then it's like almost the well actually you could be part of the skirmish crew and you could play any of the barbarians and have your very own Druze character, which even though I hate the Druze, um, but part of me just now is like, I, I, I'd like my own Druze character because that'd be fun. I mean, I got really attached to my Yugara character, Perosi. She died. I yeah, mean, you forgot she died on. as well because you survived. I forgot she died. Because yeah. you've never died before. And then, I never died. Yeah, and then E4, you're like, oh, cool, I get to play Rosie. I'm like, I thought you died last time. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Oh no, Rosie died. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think obviously the only thing that's a little bit different for us is we get told what we're doing and when. So we'll be right. You're doing now, or you're doing now. So we can't pick and choose what we feel like doing. We have to do what's timetabled for us to do. Yeah. Um, and obviously there are things we can lean towards especially with the the way the barbarian nations are set up each of them have different each of the barbarian nations are very different in terms of their flavor between each other mm -hmm. but then inside each nation there are obviously the different units which again have their own little flavors as well so yeah. if we're going to be Jotun we can usually choose between the different units of Jotun that we want to oh, be oh that's cool um, yeah. So we'll usually get told, right, you're going to take this unit and this unit out. So you get at least a little bit of a choice. Um, obviously not if we're playing Forlorn, because Forlorn are just Forlorn. Um, <laughs> yeah, generally with the, the Orc Barbarians, there's, there's that little bit of flavour you can still play with within the nation itself. Yeah. Oh, there's something I'm wondering okay I don't know if this is cheeky to ask or not but when you are obviously out, be, out being part of the skirmish crew I assume you have fought against pretty much all the other nations um, and you have um, had interactions with all the nations do you have any nations that you really enjoy fighting against or really dread fighting against if that makes sense there is a right and wrong answer here on this podcast by the way <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding um so one thing i'll say is the imperial orcs are incredible yeah um so they're really really good fighters and on top of that especially if we're out as an orc nation it can get really confusing <laughs> Um, so <laughs> if you're just, they don't tend to come out on their own because they're, they're quite small anyway, but yeah, yeah, if you're just fighting the Imperial Orcs, it can get a little bit like, hang on, there's an Orc there. That's not one of ours. Yeah. Um, yeah. but they're, they're incredible. Their kit standards are amazing. Mm. Like I really enjoy, uh, their role play, their kit, everything. Um, other than that. Again, it depends who you're playing as, as yeah. a, which barbarians we are. So mm. if we're playing as Druze, then it's really quite fun to meet the Brass Coast or Navarre because they have the similar skirmishy for fighting styles. styles. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, if you're going out as Jotun, then I quite enjoy running into Wintermark because um, obviously there's a lot of in-game roleplay history between those two nations as well. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is you can always tell where Dawn are. <laughs> when <Yep>. I come out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's no missing us. <laughs> Uh, so there's been some occasions, particularly on the larger battles, where I've been in the woods and Dawn have been on the field, and I'm like, oh, oh, I can, I can hear them. Well, I don't, can't see them, but I can hear them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we do, we do, do make, we do make. Things there's a lot of us as well, so there's, so, and we do move in a big like fast herd as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we made this joke before. We were like, obviously, there's not a cavalry because there's no horses or anything um, in the in the system. I think it was Oliver that made the joke that Dawn are actually the cavalry at this point. We just got lots of heavy stuff on and we just run and can't stop. <laughs> it's a bit like that scene. Like, obviously, like you get the, the kind of the 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 nations that move in like their units you know like um like wintermark and things like that they're good their shield blocks and things like that dawn are a little bit you know that scene in jurassic park where the 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 gallimimus and they're just like it's just like you hear the thundering it's like and everyone just runs and it's just frick it's just chaos there's no there doesn't seem to be any order it's just like oh wait, what's happening <laughs> And then, then they just go by you. <laughs> so if you just if you just stay there as a monster, you'll probably be fine. Just be like, yeah, I'm down. So that's what I'm gonna think about when we're out running. <laughs> I, I've never I, playing playing as my character, my nation. I've never once got back back tread to execute anything. Like I've just got if they're down, I just assume they're gone and just keep going. So <laughs> so with the um. Obviously, you, you said that your friends uh, through reenactment brought you into the, um, the skirmish crew at Empire, and you said, "Oh yeah, that's once you get to the stage where it's like, yeah, it's for me." Have you have you never ever kind of thought, "Oh, I might like to be a player," or oh, "I might"? <laughs> so I was supposed to go and join a different system as a player. Mm -hmm. uh, I quite enjoyed the theme uh, and the background of that event mm -hmm. and I had friends that played it mm -hmm. and then I ended up crewing it <laughs> you ended up crewing it what system is that? Yeah, cause they, uh, that's the Beyond Ragnarok system okay yeah yeah, by yeah. Meta Games. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah I was supposed to play that one as a mm -hmm. player uh, I ended up crewing that one because yeah. they were short on crew I guess it's one of these things when you kind of when you've done it before and people know that you've done it before, then you just end up being like, people just ask you to do it, or you're just like, oh yeah, I can I can jump in and crew that. Because for me, I'd be like, crewing something, now that I'm comfortable being a player, I'm like, I'd feel maybe a little bit lost going in and crewing, because I don't really yeah. know what to do, but I suppose you've got to just jump in and try it. But, but I, I think, like I said at the start, I'm probably one of the sort of odd ones, so most people come into crewing having played for a number of years first yeah. and got to the point where they've completed a character arc or mm. they're just maybe starting to get a little bit bored and want to try something different mm -hmm. so that's where a lot of a lot of crew will come over mm -hmm. particularly into things like skirmish crew they'll come mm. over having played okay. um so i know other members of skirmish crew that played for a while and then went i really like this fighting thing can i do that all event yeah. yeah and they were like yeah you can funnily enough um, 
Yeah, because I mean, it's it's it does. It it sounds like to me, it sounds like if you're into the fighting part of it, um, that's an option for Empire. Because sometimes people go, oh yeah, Empire, yeah, it's like it's a lot. You know, it's very all the 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 PVP is all political and it's very like there's not it's not like super combat heavy. But you know, if you if you do the right things, it can be just completely combat. <laughs> it can be all combat all the time. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I I believe. Uh, it's Andy Connell's email address to mm. write to if you yeah. wish to apply. Interesting. Um, I think last time I heard there was a they want you to sign up for a minimum of a year. Oh, um, okay. So that you're not dropping in and out of playing and crowing. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I guess that could be like. Yeah, I can see that not working actually. If you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna crew that, I'm gonna monster this one. Oh, I'm gonna play this one, and I'm gonna monster this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I, you said, I think it's... because yeah, because we have access to a lot of some of the backgrounds, some of the plots, yeah. and also the bit I said about numbers. So they'll have say 150 on the books. If if we were dropping in and out of playing and crewing, uh-huh. you don't know how many of those you can yeah. count on every event. Yeah. which makes it very difficult for them to plan skirmishes in advance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, generally, if you sign up, you're signing up to do a good chunk of time. Yeah, yeah. So the so the Ragnarok game you crew at, do you do... It, how big is that LARP? Um, so that's a... M- m- compared to Empire, a much, oh. much smaller yeah. system. So I think Most there are... Um, I believe there's over 100, but uh-huh. not bigger than that yeah um so do, do your responsibilities like encompass more than just like being being a monster then for that one no so i'm part of the the, the monster crew for that one as well mm-hmm. um because it's a smaller system obviously the crew is smaller as well so mm-hmm. there are um earlier when i was talking about the npc crew and the skirmish crew at empire are two coexisting groups that are separate mm-hmm. um at ragnarok those groups are much more intertwined all right yeah. um so it's kind of one team that some of them will do more npc stuff some of them will do more uh combat stuff but they're, they're generally one one big team there yeah yeah what's the what's the combat like for the monsters in that system then what do you have like a because that's the thing i hearing about because we've only done empire so hearing about a lot of other larps we it's it's it seems that empire is quite unique in its way of doing like oh yeah we're in this safe zone and then yeah so we go out to the danger yeah so that's what i was going to say is so um ragnarok is much more like a lot of the other systems you'll have heard of so the whilst time in is is it on it is a live environment hmm. so the monsters can get dropped sort of in the middle of the campsite um the in-character campsite and things like that so it is all environments are live at all times mm-hmm. um in and out of camp yeah so, so it's yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different to empire but yeah. it's a nice change yeah yeah nice change of pace is it so that, that's obviously it's viking themed is it like fantasy fantasy viking or yeah yeah it's sort of very heavily plays on the uh norse mythology mm. um particularly surrounding the mythology around ragnarok and things mm. like that so yeah yeah it's it's still i would still put it in the fantasy category yeah um but also 
if people like history it does draw very much on the the historical background and the myths and legends yeah oh that's yeah. really cool yeah i don't i don't know um much at all about the um about the history there or anything so if you are monstering that event what is it exactly you are what are you monstering as um so there's a couple of different things that one tends to be the the other nice change of pace is we tend to go out as humans so we don't generally have to wear masks over at Ragnarok um but yeah it just draws on sort of aspects of mythology so some of the things that go out are big fairy beasts um but a lot of it is sort of human human uh, enemies um but yeah I went into that one also not knowing pretty much any Norse mythology so I just got <laughs> chucked in the deep end and they were like yeah it'll be fine yeah. um, <laughs> you crewed one event you can crew this event on you go just just, just attack people <laughs> and the, the only other LARP that I've done um, I crew for the horror game that you want to come and play as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah, I... <laughs> for listeners yeah we went to uh, we went to LARPCon and we saw Kira at the booth for this game. What's the game called? Uh, Shattered Earth. Okay, so we, we and and Kira gave gave us this pitch for this horror game. I'm not massively into the horror genre, uh, but it's but yeah, Robin was just like almost salivating at, at the at the <laughs> thought. Well, I'm not going to break it. Why, why don't, Kira, why don't you tell us a little bit about about what what the premise of the game is? Uh, so it's a post-apocalyptic LARP set in the future. Um, so it's very much playing on the dystopian themes. Um, the horror is side of it is playing very much on suspense and tension. Um, there are monsters, otherwise we wouldn't have a monster crew. Um <laughs> But we're not playing on real life phobias, so it's not clowns and spiders and things like that. It's it's about the setting and the atmosphere. Um, so the game runs at the moment once a year. So we ran the first event last November. Mm. It's a very very small system. So we, I believe it's like thirty five forty players and approximately ten crew. Um, and the reason being because we run in November, it's all run indoors at Scout Hut. So the players eat and sleep indoors uh, in like bunk houses <laughs> and then there's the, the woods that go out into as well. So um, they're looking at running a parallel game to run in the same world, mm. in the same setting, um, because Shattered Earth the tickets for E2 went live and had sold out within 24 hours. Yeah. It's so. yeah. The, these, these smaller LARPs now, I think, mean, cause um, like you say, like the, the bigger systems are growing and there's lots of people like us that have, have joined LARP going to these bigger systems and then like, Oh, I want to try small LARPs and now small LARPs is starting to overflow with players. Yeah. So one of the things I'll say is we had players come to that event. Bang in mind, it's a horror setting that had never LARPed before. <laughs> and they came straight in to horror LARP. Uh, and the other thing that's a bit different about that is it's 24-hour time in. So well, yeah. we go time in. We <laughs> we time in at 7 o'clock 
uh, I think it's seven o'clock on the Friday night and the time out at three o'clock in the morning on the Sunday. Yeah. The yeah. whole time in between that is all in character. That's that's crazy. I, I've just... So you could be like 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 like. So, sorry, sorry, Oliver. I'm just I'm just like. So you could be like <laughs> like going to your bunk, and then you you could hear a noise and be like, "What is that? We need to go see what it is. Like, is that yeah. something coming in here?" <laughs> yeah, and again, that's all live environment. So yeah, there are things going on all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to see some more of it. Uh, I know you had Agent Ben Smith on talking about photography. Mm-hmm. He actually was one of the photographers for that event. Yeah. So he's been there. I'll have to hit up hit up <laughs> Ben and see what yeah, because he Ben goes Ben, ben goes to everything. So <laughs> we'll have, we'll have to, I, opening I, that album after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just I, I I would worry that I would like sleep at the wrong time and then miss a load of stuff. But I imagine, I imagine most people for a twenty-four hour. I imagine most people don't really sleep during time in. I imagine, imagine people are just like plan their sleep around it and be like, okay. So that is the theory of the timeout at three a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. so that people can sleep, yeah, and decompress before having to drive home. Yeah, yeah, because it's because because otherwise, you're oh, just... Oliver, you're not going to sleep. <laughs> no, but you know, no, but you know what I mean. I'm just like I have a like. If if uh, I, I imagine as soon as you you're like oh yeah you know I feel like a nap you're not gonna want to miss anything you're gonna get FOMO to hell aren't you you're just gonna be like I'm just gonna go sleep over here and yeah usually because I've done this at Empire the the biggest yeah. mistake you can make is go I'm just gonna go have a lie down or a nap because then you end up just like sleeping until like morning <laughs> and then you go oh I missed I missed everything that happened and everyone's like oh my god that was Rafe's in the camp last night I'm like all right okay awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. <laughs> so that's that's the only one. That's the one thing for me for Empire is that although I really really enjoyed crewing, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I hear players talk about of what happened in Anvil, uh, I get a little bit jealous. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have like been there and seen that. Yeah. Um, because obviously most of our game happens out on the battlefield and stuff, so we yeah. don't get to see anything in Anvil until. 11 o'clock at night yeah. um and there's although there's still stuff going on it's not the big sort of headline events yeah i mean th- um, that that is the thing because because empire is very like very just like role play say role play heavy but yeah but very non-combat role play political religious and and uh and dotting about and and drinking and the interactions are where most of the game, the like role play interactions, uh, are where most of the game is at Empire, because um, you can you can you can play Empire and get like a ton of game without doing a, a lick of combat whatsoever. So I, I, yeah, I, I get I get that that point of view. Mind you, like Empire. In fact, actually, like you were saying, that people came to a horror up for their first time. Um, fantasy apparently uh, isn't for everyone so like some people just go oh yeah you know i like the idea but a lot of larps are obviously fantasy based you know or like you know medieval classic fantasy um yeah a lot of people aren't interested in in fantasy so i i guess you know a lot of people go oh, i want to try larp i don't like fantasy you know it didn't surprise me actually that they would go oh i'm gonna try this horror one because i love horror you know yeah, and like some people have said before, it's like just being dropped into a video game sometimes. 
so I can I guess it's the same thing there it's just a different genre of video game that you've picked up and dropped into yeah yeah but, but still it's like it's quite a tense situation to go do your first role play <laughs> I mean some people thrive well I, I I think you're gonna find out what it's like because I think Robin's already sold the, on the idea <laughs> Yeah, like I'll I'll be going if if anyone wants to come with me because no I'm no I'm gonna do I'll do it I'm not I'm not like I'm not like, like uh, we'll, we'll get to three a.m. we'll be like okay it's time out we're going to bed you you'll be nudging me every two minutes Robin oh, did you hear that no it's fine it's gone monsters yeah. are gone no I think it's back well Kira was showing us this real like you were showing us this this real cool like these cool little puzzles and things like that you can do at yeah. the game right with like you you can uh, take samples and things like that and uh, actually look at them under the microscope and do little like puzzle type things uh, I thought that was really cool but it did like remind me a little bit of like a an escape room thing and Robin's like obsessed with escape yeah. rooms and I just won't do them <laughs> so <I think> that's <laughs> why <laughs> So you can go and do one for like three days instead. It very much that's was what I mean. I was like, I was like, oh, it sounds like it's just it's just the the frustration of an escape room <laughs> but, with a monster. But with a monster <laughs> to come and get you. M mind you, I, I think. I, go on, sorry, Kira. So I was asking, I think it's although it's on a much much smaller scale, it's similar to Empire in some ways that mm -hmm. there are obviously bits of the game that you can just ignore if that's not interested to you. So if you don't want to play the little puzzles, just you don't have to play them. You can just be the one that stands at the front with a with an axe. Yeah. Be for the yeah. next thing to turn up at the door. Yeah, yeah. So like, like when you were sorry, sorry, when, when you were like selling us on it, I was like, oh, you could you could like play. And this is just sort of what I've kind of taken while I've been thinking about it since you've told us about it. And like you could play a scientist in a way and you can just be the one yeah. who is decoding these and looking at it and giving this advice to the ones that are off out to fight and things like that and i'm like that's just i could have my i can have my own lab but in lark <laughs> i'll just be the, i'll just be the yeah, paranoid so guy from aliens just like <laughs> they're in the freaking walls man they're all around <laughs> us man <laughs> i'll play that guy what one thing I was wondering, actually, because you mentioned about the fact that there's a lot of things going on at Anvil that you end up missing out on. Um, I know there's different things that happen in Anvil that, for example, E1, we've got things like the Reaper um, in the League and things like that. Do the skirmish crew ever, are they involved in portraying any of those sort of figures that come into Anvil and interact in that sort of way? Um, so it's entirely down to, to whether it's um, player run or PD plot run. So as far as I'm aware, the Reaper is now player run. Um, but if there are any plots that go out that are run by PD plot, then yeah, we can go into those. So at E4 last year, I was actually one of Matilda Fisher's bodyguard. Um, so Matilda Fisher came into the Senate, uh, and I was part of the bodyguard that came with her. So, oh, you got to see that um, drama then? <laughs> I didn't get to see it. I got oh. to be in it. <laughs> uh, so we didn't actually get so the bodyguards weren't allowed inside the Senate. So Matilda Fisher and a single bodyguard, both of which were NPC crew, mm -hmm. got to go and do the stuff in the Senate because obviously that was a lot of talking and remembering mm. the plot. 
Yeah. Um, the bodyguard unit stayed stood outside the Senate, so I think there were about ten, six to ten of us. Yeah. Uh, and to stand outside the Senate and be shouted at by very, very angry marchers. They, they <laughs> shout. They shout when they're not angry as well, though. To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> they just like <laughs> shouting stuff. Um, but I think from from what I've heard and what I've seen, saw, um, it was pretty much the entirety of the marching camp had come down. Yeah. So it yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, they were they were riled up. They were <laughs> they were they, they were angry. <laughs> yeah. So what what's the, so like the one thing that I that, that baffles me a little bit, um, maybe not baffles me, but like interests me when now that I'm used to like Empire and I hear about other systems that they have like different rules for the combat, like especially ones that don't have like hit points and that. So the, the other games that you crew for, what's the combat like in in those ones? Is it similar to Empire? or Is it completely different so ragnarok is more like again some of the other systems that you might have heard of so ragnarok works on a location-based hit system so oh, okay. oh. different locations mm. will have different amounts of hits mm -hmm. and the armor you're wearing on a particular location will affect just that location's hits mm -hmm. yeah um and then i think they've got calls that go through armor but not take hits off and then calls that it hits off both the armor and yeah i don't have to worry as much about it because generally the monsters are going out with global hits so yeah not yeah. always but yeah most yeah. of the monsters go out with global hits so yeah. it's, it's easier for us to count yeah yeah it is i mean the, the one thing that i will say about i mean the, the global hit is, is 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 straightforward but I got admit, yeah. I, having <laughs> like wearing armor i mean that's one thing i do like about the shield right because the shield unlike a, a big pauldron a shield can just can take hits whereas like i so I, i've just ordered myself some fancy uh pauldrons because dornish right and i'm like I, I look to them and i'm like you know it really sucks that that like this bit that protrudes here if someone like taps that with a sword that's a global hit down and i'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah. that's, that totally sucks but i'm still gonna wear it because it looks cool <laughs> <laughs> of course you are <laughs> Yeah, so I think one of the one of the things I particularly enjoy is is making all the different armors and, yeah. and kits. So, um, oh, so, oh, so yeah, you you make you make you make your own kit? Yeah, and I'd say probably eighty percent of the kit I've got I made. Oh, so really? the pictures Ooh. pictures that Robin's got, I, I made that mage armor. It's it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> like it is nice. Um, it is green. <laughs> when I said luminous green, um, so um, you probably didn't catch sight of it, but um, the for E four when we knew we were going to be taking Druid out in the dark, uh, there are actually bits of that armor that glow in the dark. They've got glow in the dark paint on them. <laughs> what? So the the runes have got glow in the dark paint over the top of them. That's all all I remember about the Druge in that night skirmish was the green from the because when we came out there was like green lights protruding through the smoke and honestly when I do have nightmares about it it's just the green coming through and then the, <laughs> I, I still don't know how we survived that I no. mean um it was an experience and yeah. we've done it now and um I don't see myself going on a night skirmish again but you know 
So I think this is one of the things that comes back to what was being said earlier about are skirmishes actually as deadly as people say. And I think some of it comes down to what time of day and when you're and who you're going to face. Obviously, if you're going out at night in the dark to face the Druze, then that's probably more deadly than yeah. going out in the middle of the day yeah. to face them. So yeah. so yeah, we 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 weren't we probably wouldn't have gone anywhere near that. But because uh, Robin uh, had to go face this um, Winter Herald, yeah, for her test of metal, and it was like, oh, this opportunity's come up, and we're like, okay, and we like asked a few people, we're like, oh yeah, there's a skirmish, we're going on it, and they're like, all right, okay, what is it? Like, and they go and have a look, and they're like, well, it's at night against the Druge, and Agrament's involved, and there's a Herald. No, <laughs> this just sounds like suicide. We're like, well, we're going apparently. So it's when I was like going around, be like, I'm going. Is anyone coming? And then I, I saw looks in people's eyes, just being like, I'm gonna have to go now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, we made enough friends, and I think there was a few other people that were like, they really wanted to go, uh, and so we got a decent force. Because that's that's another thing I will say about. Um, you know, because obviously you, you guys in the skirmish crew are like, you know, you know each other and you are a little bit more of a cohesive unit. And we're talking about uh, numbers as well. Like we, because we, what PD do now, I think, I think they did it before, but they like assign skirmishes to certain players, you know, so they don't have to go on them, yeah. but it gives you a little bit more organization of who's going. And it's just like, okay, well, the Night Protector of Winter has to do it. That's why we went on the thing. It's like Night Protector of Winter, that's your responsibility to, to organize this skirmish. However, yeah, we did have like, I think we had like a few, I think like 10 or 11, like randoms, like run through the gate. So that instantly causes quite a bit of chaos because they were like, we we're like, right, okay, we've got this plan. And then we had 10 players that just didn't know the plan. They're like, they, they, they didn't, I don't think they even heard of what plan was at all. <laughs> and they just, they just went running off, did their own thing. And, and because it, it was at night and it was, yeah, there was a lot of confusion. Because that's the thing that on that skirmish, uh, I, I suppose because you guys don't really get the the full effect because I guess the whole thing is like face to us. Yeah. So where you guys were, that was where all the light was. Whereas from our point of view, you were just all like silhouettes, you know. So that was yeah. that was the creepy thing. So with the light, we were walking towards the light, but then we had players that were like running forward and then running back to us, and we had no idea whether they were Imperials or not. <laughs> it, was just, it was so confusing. So yeah, I think that's um, we get similar effects where when like I said when we're out as orcs and imperial orcs are there, um, so that we can find that quite confusing. But one thing I think it's been more difficult this year because we've taken the Yagara out a lot. Uh -huh. um, battles with the Yagara can get very confusing because <laughs> it's like it's just humans everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's difficult to know which ones are on which side. And um, so one thing, one thing adding on to the thing you're saying about those night skirmishes is uh, one of my good friends that's actually in my reenactment group was the plot writer for those sets of skirmishes yeah. with the night creature. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he he found it really, he really enjoyed hearing all the stories come out afterwards. Oh yeah. Um, because he's like, I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, th that's the thing. Even though we're like, screw that, I'm not doing that again. Uh, the stories that we got 
from that. Because really, like, in character, just, it was like a terrible time. Like, it was just like, oh, that was so stressful, but in the best way possible. Like, it was it was scary going to it. Like, it went badly for us. Uh, we, you know, it was it was just this epic moment of, like, we thought we were, we thought we were going to die. Uh, Robin's character just was just like running into running in danger for a big monster, and I'm like, right, okay, we need to get the hell out of here. It's our first time ever doing a night skirmish, oh, and I'm yeah, just like, like sitting there. I just thought it was all Imperials around us. It wasn't. It was you guys all around us. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like, I, you know, I remember just running out of just be I was like, right, Aaron, we need to go now, run. And I remember big monster. <laughs> well, I think is I hadn't been I hadn't been hit. Uh, yeah, at that point, and I was just like, we need to just ru- we need to bail because the Imperials are halfway up the field, so we just need to just run and just hope we can outrun the Druge at this point. And uh, I felt a couple of spears in my back, and I'm like, if I hear cleave, we're du- we're done for, <laughs> we're done for. <laughs> but luckily, we made it back. And then obviously, we were like possessed after that. So then it, the, the 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 trauma didn't stop, you know, after that. So it was traumatic. But at the same time, the stories that we've been able to tell after the fact have just been, it was just like a highlight. There were so many highlights just from going on that skirmish, you know? Yeah, so again, that's what um, some of us like to hear as well is stories from what happens after. Yeah. So some of those effects that come back with you uh, into Anvil, we again don't get to see or, or hear about those necessarily. So hearing about it after the end of what actually happened and some of the chaos that ensued um it's really it's really nice to hear as well that's right yeah because we like that's the thing i suppose we just like leave you guys behind don't we we like we jump through the stargate and just like leave you leave you all there you know and you're just like hmm <laughs> i wonder i wonder if they're going to die slowly of their wounds or not um that that's yeah. one sorry go on oh well, as i say is i think because of where the battlefield is and also where the monster tent is mm-hmm. um whichever place we are if you've gone back through the gate with so, for example, at E4, when you went back through with the the effects that you had, yeah. we could hear the chaos. <laughs> Obviously, we don't get to see it. So we could hear the fighting as you were coming mm. back through the gate. Um, so, yeah, we, we sometimes get to hear stuff going on. Yeah, no, that was that was that was something else. It was it was the fact that we came back through that gate because there was a skirmish before that as well, and it, there was quite it was quite busy around the the central gate before that because I think there was like uh, issues coming out of that one. But by the time we came out of that skirmish, and like Robin and I were like the third or fourth people to come home. Because even oh, though yeah. we were behind, we like shot forward, didn't we? Because we were just like, yeah, we just kept running. We, get, we just kept running. No, no, yeah, we just yeah, because we were already running, and there was because well, I know I know why is because our the person leading the skirmish had gone down, and there was a few people like going, should we try and save him? Should we try and not save? Him? Blah, blah blah. And there was like debates going on, but there was a few of us that were like, this is no, this is this is let's go, you know. So we, we were like one of the first you know, people through. So what I found out after the fact as well was that um they so basically to the people in Dawn who are in the house that Godric is now in, they've they'd come up with a plan on what to do if Godric and RNL were actually separated. One of them was there with a rappel ready so that if, for example, Godric was taken back, they could rappel RNL through the Sentinel Gate because they knew that we would end up both dying to save each other. And I was like, if you had done that, RNL would have killed you the moment you came through the gate. (laughs) 
I just <laughs> finding out that they had this plan going like, oh, no, we need to both go because we need to bring at least one of them back. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's well, that's one request I would make of a. Oh, that that's actually a question for you. Like so, because <laughs> like you're saying, you you yeah. like we leave you we leave you, uh, like in wherever part of the world you are as we jump through the gate. But, um, yeah, what what happens? So when, obviously sometimes players get left behind. So is that a, quite a juicy bit? Do you get a bit of role play out of that when like players are left behind and you have to like kill them and eat them and things like that? Or or is it usually just a, oh yeah, you know, you're gone and that's it? So it, it'll very much depend on who we're playing. So mm. obviously as the Druge, one of the things we will tend to do as players are still on the field and leaving the field is play up the... Uh, the role play there on sort of oh you've left friends behind uh, the Jotun are obviously a lot more honourable so you might find sometimes a Jotun will even offer to let you come and collect them mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah but then as soon as you guys have stepped through the central gate and are sort of in that sort of there's that middle bit that's sort of out of character before you go back into character um, once you kind of get out of character um Generally, it's just a case of the refs sort of rounding them up and generally walking them back to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to, you want to have your. It's... There's one thing I would would request of the uh, of the skirmish team. <laughs> if I'm going to die on a skirmish, I want it to be. <laughs> I want it to be very dramatic and and worthy of a story. <laughs> Not just me tripping up and then going, oh damn it. <laughs> I'm venom. No one knows. Okay. <laughs> So I think that one of the things you were saying about the nighttime skirmish is obviously if you fall on the field in a night skirmish, you're much less likely to get picked back up on the way back. Yeah. Um, so that probably won't be as cool and dramatic. No. Um, no. Yeah, there are a lot of the skirmish crew that if you go down behind the lines in the daytime in the light we can see you, then yeah. Particularly if we're Druze, then we'll definitely play it up. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... It's nasty. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm. It's, it's the thing with, uh, the thing with Empire is because, like, we were talking about this earlier with the different LARPs, Because Amble is like a safe zone, there is combat that can happen in yeah. Amble, But you, your character's pretty much immortal if you don't go through that gate. Pretty much, if you decide not to interact with, with, um, with, with, with anything. So, but because of that, sometimes you're like. Oh, you know, I want to do this, this, and this. Do I want to go skirmish? Nah, I don't really want to risk death. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, hmm, you, I'll like weigh up what skirmishes I'm, I'm going to do. But uh, I definitely want to. I want to try and do like one skirmish every event. You know, it won't yeah. be. It won't be on Friday, and it won't be at night time. Um... <laughs> <laughs> one during the day with all of dawn. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of pick, you kind of pick and choose. But yeah, I'm, I'm look, I'm looking forward to, uh, to yeah, to getting back out there because we're not, we're not far away now till E1. We're only, no, uh, f- four weeks. Just a few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, a few weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there'll be dark skirmishes then. Like you said, I think E4 is probably the worst one for dark skirmishes. But, um, yeah, E1 I imagine can be a little bit dark and miserable as well sometimes with the skirmishes. I think the bonus with E1 is the woods tend to not be quite as overgrown because we're still coming out of winter. So the, the brambles haven't had a chance yeah. to pop up. Yeah. No, By the time you hit the summer events, the woods are horrendous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Right, folks. We're at, we're at time. Kira, thank you very much for 
coming on. You've been very, very insightful. It's, it's. Uh, I'm actually, uh, uh, I'm surprised actually how much I'm like jealous of the skirmish crew now. I'm being like, I oh. know. Yeah, I'm like, it sounds, it sounds like a great fact. <laughs> just being like, going, oh yeah, I'm gonna put my Valorn stuff on. I'm gonna put my Druge, my Druge character on. It sounds awesome. Um, yeah, thank you for for coming on and imparting your knowledge. All right, thank you for having me. No problem at all. Right, folks, we'll say goodbye to the podcast. Bye, everyone. Thank you very much for stopping by. If you enjoyed this show, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you leave us a comment down below as well. Hit subscribe, ring the bell. We have some other episodes covering Empire LARP and LARP in general. Until the next time, though, we love you and stay safe.